0: Welcome to inner peace with dr. Reese a Program that can help you become liberated in the modern world Now here's your host dr. Kevin W. Reese
1: Drumming how powerful is it really? Welcome to episode number 57 today, I'm talking to Craig Norton. He's a drum circle facilitator, a filmmaker, and a member of a band called Cosmic Hue. In this recording, we're going to talk about how drum circles can bring people together and how it can help with healing, how it raises vibrational energy, and how you can even train your lungs and your heart to go with the beat of a drum. We're going to talk about how cathartic it can be, how celebratory it could be, and how ancient it really is, and how it connects to the Native and African-American cultures. All right, welcome to the podcast, Craig.
0: Hello, how are you doing? Thanks for having me.
1: Tell me how a drum circle can bring people joy and peace.
0: Drumming is an ancient, ancient Technology that's existed since, you know, people were banging on uh, logs with uh, rocks and it, it brings people together in such a way that, um, you know, really percussion and and banging in rhythm is something anybody can do. It's not like a violin where you have to study for years to get good at it um, or be a prodigy at it. Right. Right. Um, Anyone can do it, and it's the great equalizer. It it brings people together in such a way that, you know, like when I do it in a corporate setting, uh, the CEO and the custodian are, you know, per- perhaps the custodian's a better drummer than the CEO, and right, right, they're right. on equal planes. And I love when that happens. Um, you know, I do this with kids and I do this with elders and it just seems like something everybody can do and, uh, and be musical. Um, sometimes for the first time in their lives when they, uh, are given, you know, a drum in a drum circle.
1: Yeah. And, and watching, watching the video of these drum circles, some of them have, you know, it looks to be like 30 people or more
0: oh more than that yeah i've i've done drum circles i i I did a drum circle at a girl scout camp with 230 kids wow 230 um and i've done you know drumming in new york city with 300 people um it's it it, and and there's a guy one of my mentors arthur hall is known for doing these drum circles at conferences where there's you know four or five hundred people
1: Wow,
0: it's nuts! It's 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 so powerful because you you asked about the healing aspect of that, and yeah. So here's the thing: when we hit a drum with a uh, with our hands or with a mallet, uh, there is a, a a vibratory, a visceral vibratory uh, 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 effect. And so one drum tapped is interesting. And, and one of the things I'll do with kids is to go around the room with a, with a large frame drum and hit it in, right in front of them and have them hold up their hand to the back of the drum. So they literally get to feel sound. Right. And um, that's a science experiment right there. Sure. Um, and, and I talk about you know, how we hear sound, but we don't often feel the sound of something unless it's uh, extremely loud. And this is not necessarily loud, it's just the proximity. And so one drum is cool. It, and, it, and it can provide a soothing, uh, rhythmical entrainment with your heart, with your lungs um, in a very intentional way. You know, you can play your own heartbeat and then train with your own heartbeat and slow it down. Right. You can play a rhythm that's slower and then train with your lungs and your breathing. And, you know, there are drums and percussion instruments that are kind of tuned for that sort of thing. And then there are groups of drummers. So when you have a room full of 50 drummers all pounding on drums that vibration is it permeates the room it touches every single cell in everyone's body in that room right and it's healing i've, I've never had anybody walk out of a drum circle saying oh that's you know that i, I that hurts my ears or that hurts my you know my uh, body
1: well it also seems cathartic too
0: absolutely where,
1: where people are getting out Any energy blockages, maybe anger, fear, right?
0: Absolutely. So one of the things I do with my drums is I'm hired by an organization based in Connecticut called Toivo. And they have a program called Healing from Within. And they offer meditation, sound healing, and drumming, and, and, uh, and Qigong with our friend Eric Harris. Mm-hmm. and we go into uh, psychiatric hospitals group homes a uh, couple different uh, venues where the people there are in distress they are either in temporary distress or they're in permanent distress and so, you know soci- socially uh, uh, and emotionally and um, and when I drum with those people There is an incredible catharsis that often takes place with um, them experiencing feelings of joy for the first time, you know, in weeks or months or years, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty intense, Um, and it happens all the time. It's consistent uh how often that happens and it's at the heart of why i've been i think i've been successful is because uh it's witnessed by the people who work with these folks uh and you know they come out of it uh joyful and connected yeah uh in a place in, in, you know in in for people who are not connected who are who are often uh, disassociative and, uh, are seeing, you know, uh, uh, nothing but the same thing every day in these hospitals, you know, yeah. um, I feel like I'm bringing them just those moments of joy that, that often last. That's right. the beautiful thing that I've heard.
1: That's great. Yeah. I, two things that come up on this podcast a lot are catharsis and the other one is celebration and Mm. drums go with both there is a celebratory factor to people coming together and doing percussion right
0: absolutely so so yeah when we just get together and drum for the fun of it um there or when i'm hired to be the sort of entertainment for an event which i often do um or I often did until this whole coronavirus thing started
1: and, and let's let's give the people a little visual too because yeah as the facilitator as the drumming instructor if you will, it almost looks like you're uh, a conductor of an orchestra
0: at times absolutely um, there there is that school of drum circle facilitation which is definitely one person. Uh, leading, right? I lay down a solid participatory rhythm, right? This is not about performance. It's not about me. It is totally about giving the participants something to latch onto so they can play. I, I often begin with chaos, and you know how an orchestra kind of tunes up before a concert? Yeah. yeah. Oftentimes, when the drummers get together, nobody's listening to each other they're tapping their drums simultaneously and it's chaos it's noise and i point that out and i'm like "Hmm, what do you think and it's like yeah it's not very satisfying and then i lay down a solid typically a native american heartbeat rhythm just a just a quiet solid one two three four rhythm that anybody can play and when that moment of entrainment takes place, you could feel it. You could could see the eyes look, you know, opening up and looking around the room at each other and connecting with each other. And then once that foundation is laid down, then the expression of improvisation can take place within the heartbeat, right? And that's when I start to add, you know, I explain, okay, now you can add some beats in between, you can remove some beats to leave space. You can uh, stop drumming and just listen. You can get up and dance. Mm-hmm. You know, these are all ways to participate. And-
1: so somebody, somebody could, could go the celebratory route or somebody could go the meditation route.
0: Exactly. And the celebratory, you know, uh, aspect of it is ancient, right? right? And it goes back in every single culture. We include music, not just drumming, but we include music in every celebration, don't we?
1: Yeah. And,
0: you know, what would a wedding be like without music? Right. Um, what would a movie yeah. be like? Exactly. Right. So uh, we have, um, you know, that aspect is, is is ancient and it's fun and it brings people together again. And, you know, w- why not when you have, uh, you know, disparate people coming together and that is the goal is to you know draw anyone and everyone who would like to participate can regardless of age regardless of skill level and give them the opportunity to be musical yeah, for yeah. the first time maybe you know in a very long time or in uh ways that uh they've never experienced before
1: how is yeah percussion and drumming, how is that deeply connected to the Native American traditions?
0: Right. So um, I have participated in powwow drumming and I am not Native American. I'm obviously not African or African-American, but I connect with those cultures deeply, uh, musically and uh, spiritually. Right. And uh, for them, the drum serves multiple purposes right in in multiple indigenous cultures uh the the biggest one is celebration right the most obvious one is celebration when there's a birth in the village they celebrate with drums when there's a death in the village they celebrate with drums Mm. and it's uh It's a powerful way to bring community together to celebrate, right? Right. Yeah, and uh, for Native Americans, it takes place typically around one large what they call a gathering drum, and uh, six you know five or six people can gather around that drum and play it simultaneously. It's that big, Mm. and um, and then they have the dancers who are out uh dancing to that beat and it's entrancing it, it it's it's so powerful when you have five people playing a drum and uh it just fills the room with uh with that vibration
1: right so i grew up a drummer i started taking lessons in fourth grade pretty young and I never learned how to read music. I was, I guess... Yeah, you, me either. I'm a, like a freestyle drummer using both hands, both feet, you know, on a kit, a drum kit. And I got pretty good. You know, by the time I was in sixth grade, I, you know, I did a talent show and that was probably my first, my first taste of applause, <laughs> yeah. which might've been addicting.
0: <laughs> Just a little bit.
1: And then... So, you know, I would show off to my friends and stuff and do drum solos and whatever. And then something, something interesting happened, Craig. When I was about 13 or 12 or 13, a friend of mine convinced me to go to a music camp. Mm. And I was like, oh, I don't know. He's like, oh, you're a great drummer, you know, show people and you'll get better and you'll meet people. All right, fine. I went to the camp. I was thrown off by living in a tent, but that's another t- podcast for another day. <laughs> and so I get together with the percussionists, right? And they got sheets of music. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> and and so I'm the only one that doesn't know how to read music. I'm twelve, like 12 years old here, right? Fragile, fragile ego here. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then, Craig, there was this guy. I'll never forget it. His name was Ricky. He was blind. And he was awesome. Yep. He hopped on those drums. And he slayed it, man. Mm -hmm. And he read the music in Braille. Wow. And my ego was destroyed at 12 (laughs) years old. (laughs) I'm like, this blind kid is kicking my ass. (laughs) yep so <laughs> i uh, i retreated unfortunately and didn't make it through but i learned a valuable lesson that you know drums are powerful and they could even be played by the blind
0: right yeah i've actually had a couple of friends a uh, couple of blind uh, drummer friends and um, you know, my friend Vinny would would get uh, a dial a ride kind of thing to the local drum circles and show up with his uh, guide dog Mm. and uh, and sit down and just kill it, you know, great drummer, uh, great sense of natural rhythm. Right. Um, And what they say is, you know, when you lose a sense of any sort, the other senses are escalated. Mm. And I think part of that is, uh, you know, I I went and visited him, or I I think I took him home one day, and I went in his house, and he had uh, old school clocks on every single wall in the house, Mm -hmm. and that formed a a soundscape for him to wander through his house and, and, and know exactly where he is um which i thought was fascinating um yeah but yeah no there's there's uh we and we share very similar uh entry stories right so i grew up in new york with uh, a friend who had a drum kit in his basement and we would go down there and at that time i i'm a few years older than you i suspect and at that time the monkeys were huge they had this wacky tv show that they just went around and And chased each other through parks and stuff it was really really silly and uh it was perfect for the eight-year-old me to see that oh these guys are really having fun with music so we would go down into his basement and pretend we were the monkeys and i was the drummer and i started that way and then you know fourth fifth grade you get introduced to music in class uh as you know in band in school, and I, of course, went for the drums. And at that point, I was given a wood block and drumsticks and sheet music. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do it, I couldn't translate what was on the page into music, it just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And at that point, um, you know, the music, the band teacher was like, Yeah, you probably want to go play soccer or something. And I quit and I never touched a drum again until I was in my mid thirties. Wow. And you know, my, I had a, a boss at ESPN who said, you know, he saw me tapping my desk all day long. He knew I loved music and he was like, Oh, you should go to one of these drum circles. you think he'd really enjoy it. And it was, you know, I, I did. And it was just like this church basement drum circle in Glastonbury. and uh, and I, I walked in to the room and I was late because I got lost and I, I walked in that room and it was just pulsating with rhythm mm. and that was it I knew immediately that this was it for me that this was something I could do and that uh, and I could be a musician for the first time in my life Right on. and that was 21 years ago
1: wow yeah yeah and you know there's something about playing a single drum versus a kit
0: yeah i can't play a kit there's too many choices uh, but i i get i get mixed up when i have feet involved
1: a kit also is more for a rock band basically
0: right yeah yeah and i've played in bands and i've played with drummers and i love it uh but when i sit down at a drum kit it's like overwhelming for my brain and i i just uh i can't put the feet together with the hands I, I don't know what it is but it doesn't work for me but the hand drums that i play are simple you know african style uh djembe a shiko drum i played native american you know buffalo drums um and uh and uh, some metal pans that sound amazing um and you know my, ki- my, my kit my you know, a drum kit consists of, uh, you know, one what one drummer would play is maybe you know three or four cymbals and and four or five drums, and and that my kit consists of about a hundred drums that I take out and I play one and I hand out the rest. So,
1: my mentor, who I met at an ashram, he was a mystic, and he walked around with he traveled with basically a backpack and a drum. And that was it. Yeah. And he would go down on the green with his drum, which was probably two, three feet tall. And he would just start drumming on that thing. African drumming, I think. And people would just gravitate towards him, man. Yeah. So here's this guy who... Super minimalist needs nothing, just a bag and a drum.
0: Yeah, yeah that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've been spending a lot of time, you know, now that, you know, basically I've been I haven't touched a drum in, in a group since early March. Um, and here we are in early June. Um, I, I haven't been able to do what I do because it's social. It's, it's, it involves me sharing my drums with people with their hands on them. Um, I've developed what you know, what I call a clean drum or a safe drum protocol for when things do get back to normal. But for now, I'm, I'm out of business, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I'm playing solo by myself. I'm, you know, I'm teaching my partner to drum. And I have one partner in a band that I play with that we get together and make some videos once in a while. But other than that, um, you know, I'm drumming for myself right now and, uh, and bringing that healing that I've been feeling like I'm on this earth to provide for other people. Um, I'm, I'm focusing on myself right now and bringing it in. Um, hmm. and it's different. It's very different. I miss playing with big groups.
1: I also think this is something I also talk about a lot on the podcast is just music in general. I feel that music without lyrics is more powerful than music with lyrics. Hmm. That when we started coming out with classic rock and Eventually, there was gospel, and then eventually it turned, you know, then rap music came around, R&B music came around. You take something like that, and you compare it side to side with some classic Indian music or some (laughs) Beethoven, Mm -hmm. right, or some Native American music. Maybe there's chanting, but not necessarily a story of words. Right. I feel that the instruments are more powerful than the lyrics themselves. You know, Bon Jovi living on a prayer, you know, basically tugs at your emotions and makes you, gives you a feeling of like hope, you know, and and then you listen to Beethoven and it's just like smooth, you know, you can get into a certain groove and the lyrics don't have to puppeteer you.
0: Definitely agree. I, I've 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 experienced um, that myself. You know, I don't want to speak for other people's taste in music, but uh, I definitely uh, listen to a lot of instrumental music. You know, when I when I do when I meditate or when I do uh, yoga or tai chi, it's it's got to be instrumental music and um, you know quiet, peaceful, tonal. Uh, ambient music is, is what right, my right. you know body uh, craves when I'm stressed out, for sure. Ambient um, music. Oh, yeah. Soundscapes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, those are two key words for a lot of what I play when I'm in a band. Like, I have a band called Cosmic Hue, mm-hmm. and it's uh, basically just me and Kalidasa Joseph Getter who's a master musician, um, he, he teaches music at Yale and uh, not at Yale at Wesleyan, University of New Haven and Southern Connecticut. Uh, he's he's an incredible musician who can just pick up any instrument and play it mm-hmm. um, and teach it. And, uh, and he he and I have this band that we play mostly in yoga classes, meditation. Um, and, uh, and it's very Uh, peaceful
1: Hmm. very cool so let's take a quick listen to some of your music with the band cosmic hue
0: our goal is to put people at peace, you know, whereas, you know, when you think of a band, you know, a rock band, uh, their goal is to not make people at peace or, you know, their goal is to, is to fire people up and get them dancing or get them, uh, uh, you know, banging their heads. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a release for some people. You know what? That's, that's their release. And, and, uh, but music is universal. You know, there is a piece of music out there for everyone, which is, which is cool. That's
1: right. And where would you go play as a band?
0: Uh, yoga centers. Um, we have a couple of clients that uh, hire us on a, on an occasional or regular basis um, to sort of just do regular, you know, uh, meditation music for meditation. Um, and we have corporate clients that have you know like corporate wellness programs, and we go and play with their wellness programs
1: uh, not only is drums used for all this beautiful stuff too, but going back into ancient times they they were also used for for war too, right like the Vikings used the war drums boom yeah. boom 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 what's 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 with that just letting the enemy know we're coming?
0: Um, it's an it. It's let them know we're coming, but we're not just coming. That we're coming in force. That that there is a uh, that that there is a, uh, an intimidation factor with the drums that were that were used uh, in that way. And it was um, you know not something I can relate to or, or understand, but I have read about it. Um, it's certainly an intimidating thing when used in that way. And, uh, and it's pretty intense when you get, you know, when you hand, uh, an army, <laughs> hand drums over to an army and, and boy, wouldn't that be a dream come true to, to swap, to swap guns for drums right. you know? and, uh, and, and skip the, skip the guns altogether and just mm-hmm. use the drums.
1: Tell me more um, about Arthur Hall. And he was really interesting. I saw the video and he he really was working the room like a conductor. And, and you know, he had, you know, this side playing a right. certain way. And then the other side of the room playing oh, a yeah. certain way. And he's running.
0: <laughs> yeah, Arthur is definitely one of my mentors and teachers. Uh, he and I... Uh, I've known I've I've known Arthur for probably 19 of the 21 years that I've been doing this professionally. Um, He is the kind of the granddaddy of of doing drum circles as a profession and not just a thing that, you know, a bunch of hippies do in the parking lot at a concert. You know, Mm. Um, there's he has mastered a, a facilitation technique that pretty much guarantees that you can lock in a group, no matter how big, no matter how unskilled, um, that you can lock in a group with your body language, mainly, you, you don't wanna have to rely on your voice in a drum circle. Um, I use a PA sound system with a, with a wireless headset microphone when I do this, but only to sing with the songs that we play. Um, what I'm, what I'm, what he does is 100% body language and, and conduct, and he actually is conducting the group to, uh, to bring about that entrainment, you know, that group cohesion and, you know, he, he, he does it in corporate settings. He's, he's taught, I think when I, when I produced my film and inter, in, uh, interviewed him two or three years ago, he was at about 22,000 people that he has trained to do drum circles
1: Wow.
0: and not just come to a drum circle and play, but to lead drum circles. So his following is huge and it's international. You know, he's been doing workshops in, Australia and Ireland and uh, you know all over the world for 30 years, um, and we all you know he's one of my mentors. Um, we all look back a bit beyond him to a gentleman named Baba Tundi Olatunji, who is a Nigerian drummer who came to America back in the 1950s from Nigeria on a scholarship to study uh, government and uh, politics. And the idea was that he would come here, uh, study government and then go back to Nigeria and become a leader in his country. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, we're talking the 1950s, right. and he was, I think, uh, attended university in Louisiana. And so at that point, point in our history, he was dropped into, you know, a segregationalist South, that um, he observed from the perspective of a, uh, as a a very intelligent, very bright uh, African. And after four years of attending school here, he decided it was actually more important for him to stay here in America and use the positive life skills that he learned growing up and music and dance and storytelling to, uh, bring that to the American public, uh, starting in the fifties and, and, you know, his first record album, uh, was produced in 1959 and it won a Grammy award. Hmm. I'm not exactly sure what award it was, but it was a Grammy. He won a Grammy um, and they went on to record dozens of albums and play with, he started a band with uh, the drummer from the Grateful Dead, Mickey Hart, okay. who's, a, who's a world-renowned ethnomusicologist. You know, everybody knows him as the drummer in the dead, but he's actually written for, Four books and uh, has released dozens of albums over the years that are uh, 100% world percussion music. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Baba and Mickey worked together for many years mm-hmm. on uh, Planet Drum, and um, and and Baba was a teacher as well. He taught thousands of people to do what we do. And I had the the honor of meeting him twice. Uh, One of which times he blessed my kids, which I thought was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, unfortunately, I started drumming in around 1998. And he passed away in 2001. So it was, uh, it was a short, you know, experience of, of getting to know him, but it, but it was, but his music is obviously, you know, will always be a part of my, uh, top 10 list, you know, um, his, he, you listen to his records, it, especially the one that won the grand called drums of passion
1: okay
0: and it's just unbelievable at, at, you know, what is it? Uh, you know, 70, 60 years old. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to be 60 years old. Um, and, uh, it's the most powerful recording you'll ever, you'll ever hear.
1: Hmm.
0: Drums of passion. Baba Ola Tunji.
1: Drums of passion. Been
0: yeah. Been writing Arthur that was a devil, you know, Arthur and, and Baba spent a lot of time together. Um, as well as some of my other teachers in the Boston area um, hosted him uh, yearly, um, you know, for workshops. And, you know, he would stay with them for weeks and uh, has had a profound effect on all of us who do this.
1: As we wrap up this conversation, you you mentioned that, you know, drumming and, and being a facilitator is a very social Experience and so you've been kind of shut down with that because of this pandemic, and you're also a filmmaker and a photographer and that's social too. You got to get out there unless you're just in the wilderness. So how are how are you coping with being locked down basically since March?
0: Yeah, it hasn't been easy for sure financially. I, I'm collecting unemployment for the first time in my life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and. Uh, I'm not doing the work that I feel is so much needed right now. Like, like, I want to be out there because I know the drums bring people together. And boy, do we need that right now. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm my, my hope is that there will be a huge rebound for me. Of course, this is the optimist in me um, that I will be working my butt off. You know, as soon as the, the, the virus sort of runs its course, um, I think drumming and any sort of primal uh, ceremonial rituals will be appreciated for what they can do to bring people together and give them a joyous experience, give them a musical experience. I'm very patiently sitting back and waiting for the right time to reintroduce uh, what I do. And in the meantime, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm chilling.
1: Mother Nature has slowed us down, my friend.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And that's okay. We needed this. We so needed this. Yeah, and um, it, it it it's a huge head check for every human on the planet to slow down and connect and be uh, be healthy, take care of ourselves, and take care of each other, look after each other.
1: Uh, where can where can folks come say hello to you on social media?
0: Hands on drumming CT is the uh, is the website and the Facebook page hands on drum CT is the website uh, com, And then uh, my film, which is about the wellness of drumming uh, is kind of making the film festival circuit right now. And uh, not that that's really exists at the moment. But um, you know we've I, we've entered into uh multiple film festivals and we're getting accepted and awarded in just about all of them that's rhythms of life and roldoc.com and uh yeah i'm i will hopefully be out there in the world sharing my drums as soon as humanly possible
1: i want to play some more cosmic hue before this podcast ends. But first, I just want to remind you that my new meditation album is available for streaming or download on Spotify, Apple, and Google. Let me know how you like it. DM me on the social media or email me through the website. For all my work, you can find me at drreece.com. That's Dr. Spelt Out. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. Here's some more cosmic hue.
0: episode opened your heart feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones also be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode until next time may peace be with you